Welcome to training from Scott Ross Online. Scott Ross is a highly sought after and internationally acclaimed personal development and leadership coach who speaks to more than 50,000 people a year. The same strategies he's taught top executives are available to you through programs like this one. We encourage you to take notes and listen to this audio multiple times for maximum results. And now, here's Scott. Welcome to the Scott Ross Leadership Podcast. This is episode 104, and we have an amazing episode today. The guest today is going to be someone that's going to add so much value to all of you. But in particular, this guest is going to really, really help out those of you who are afraid to go into entrepreneurship, who are afraid to sell, who feel like you're too much of an introvert, who feel like it's just not something you're cut out for. If you're somebody who wants to get to the next level, wants to get that breakthrough, our guest today is going to absolutely help you do that. We're going to have a lot of links in the show notes to information that she alludes to. So you're going to want to make sure you get to the show notes. It's going to be at scottrossonline.com slash 104. That's just the number 104, scottrossonline.com slash 104. And before we get into our guest, I do want to just ask a favor. If you would please rate and review this show on iTunes, it would make a huge difference to us. So with that said, let's turn to our guest. So as I said, guys, I am very, very fired up to have our special guest on today's Scott Ross Leadership Podcast episode. Her name is Julie Broad, and she is an amazing woman. She has an MBA and is a number one best-selling author on Amazon. She's won the International Book Award. She's a very successful entrepreneur and real estate investor, and she speaks all over the world. And one of the things that I'm most excited about today is that she is known for helping introverts and people who are just flat out scared to death to sell to go out and have success in sales, growing a business, being an entrepreneur. And I know we have a lot of people on the show that are listening that are in that category. So I'm very, very excited to have her. Julie, thanks so much for carving out time from your busy schedule. Welcome to the Scott Ross Leadership Podcast. Thanks for having me, Scott. It's good to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little about yourself. Fill in that intro. Yeah, you bet. Well, I'm a, I'm a Canadian for starters. I'm West Coast Canada. And uh, yeah, I've covered a lot of it. Real estate is my background. I started in real estate in 2001. But really, ultimately, you know, whether you're in real estate or not, you probably already realize that real estate is marketing and sales to do deals, to build the team you need. And in our case, we raised a lot of money to do a lot of the deals that we did. So that's hardcore sales, you know, going out and asking people to give you $300,000 to finance a property that you're going to buy. That's that's heavy duty sales. So really everything that I've done in business has been sales and marketing. And I do all that despite the fact that I'm extremely uncomfortable with with selling. So I've found ways to handle it and to uh, to make it comfortable and to kind of flip it so that it, it happens in a more natural way. And so that's kind of where I've evolved from, but, uh, other, other little tidbits, I'm really into CrossFit. So if there's anybody else that's a CrossFitter, you know, we'd have things to talk about <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and, and I love West coast living. So if you haven't been to West coast of Canada, it's definitely worth checking out probably in the summer, but still, <laughs> 
Absolutely. It's one of the most beautiful parts of the world. I was actually stationed in the military in Seattle and uh, was privileged enough to be only a few hours drive away from Vancouver. And we would drive up there on long weekends and just enjoy it so much. So I absolutely concur with the beauty of being up on the West Coast of Canada. You know, you said something there as you're introducing yourself that I'm very interested in talking to you about. I mean, I encourage people in this podcast and in my workshops around the world to become entrepreneurs and to step out there and do something big. And I hear all the time, I'm just not cut out for that. I can't sell. I'm too shy. And I even know people who've actually taken the entrepreneurial leap and then they're literally paralyzed by their fear and their businesses aren't growing. And I loved hearing you say that you consider yourself an introvert or somebody who doesn't consider sales to come naturally to them. So what is your response to those people? What would your advice be to those kinds of people? Yeah. Well, first of all, I get it. You know, my very first job out of university was for Kimberly Clark selling Huggies and Kotex and Kleenex and those kind of products. And and I used to go into the stores and literally circle the store for an hour and then go out to my car and cry because I couldn't get up the nerve to talk to any of the people in the store that I had to talk to. And it's not like that job was that hard. I'm selling the number one brand in a lot of categories and they already carry it. You know, it wasn't a complicated job, um, but I was just terrified. And so, you know, if, if that's kind of how you feel when you have to talk to somebody, I get it. But the, a couple pieces for me, one was eventually I realized that if I could find a way to help, in, in this case, in the people in the stores, was what can I do to make their job better? What can I do to make them look good to their boss? And I kind of flipped it. So I was no longer in there for me. I was, okay, how can I help you? And I flipped the concept of selling in my mind to be more like serving. You know, what can I do to make your life better? And in that position, I felt so much more comfortable because it wasn't focused on me getting the sale. I was focused on somebody else getting an end result for them. And that was kind of the first step for me to become much more comfortable. And then people were excited to see me and it kind of changed that whole dynamic. And that's the first thing is to kind of think about who can you serve? Like, who can you help make their life better, help them make money, you know, save time, get a better sleep, whatever it is that you're in. Um, think about those people and and who you're the best fit to help and how you can help them, because that will change the first kind of part of the selling feeling for you. I absolutely love it, Julie. I mean, uh, guys, we've talked about this many times. I mean, it's all about being others focused and trying to add value to other people. And when you've added enough value to other people, you're going to get back a ton of value yourself. So, um Julie, you've made a career out of helping these people who didn't think they could sell become world-class salespeople. So pretend I'm your student, okay? I'm mm-hmm. I'm scared to death. I'm the I'm the one crying in the car. And walk me through the steps. What is the process to go from scared to death to knocking it out of the park? You said start thinking about how I can add value to other people. Give me kind of some of the next steps. I mean, I, I still don't know what to say to that person, or I'm scared to even open my mouth. I mean, kind of get me through that part. Yeah, for sure. So the first kind of step is to really understand who you are a fit to help, because at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to help everybody and not everybody is a good fit. You know, one of the examples I use all the time is my dad is bald, but just because he's bald doesn't mean that your solution to grow hair is for him, right? He's, he's in his seventies. He's been married for 40 some years. He he's content as a bald man. So he's actually, while you might think he's a perfect candidate for your hair growth solution, uh, he's not. 
So you want to think about somebody who actually is concerned about their hair, they're losing their hair, um, their appearance, you know, maybe a full head of hair matters to them in their profession, whatever it is, you want to start thinking about who is your ideal person. And some of the questions that you can ask people to start to understand how you can help them and if they are a fit. And so that's the thing is, is if you're always thinking about the other person and you have a good, clear picture in your mind of who you're looking for and how you'll be able to help them, then you'll have questions to ask them in conversations. And, and one little kind of networking conversational tip is to start off conversations asking better questions than the common uh, what do you do? Right. You know, you meet people in a networking situation. You say, what do you do? Or, you know, oh, how about the weather today? That's maybe a Canadian thing. But it's that small chat. And that makes you more nervous. You know, that's the kind of stuff that almost builds your anxiety as an introvert or somebody who's just not comfortable in these positions. So just find yourself in situations and ask better questions. You know, what are you working on today? What brought you here? Those kind of questions will start to give you key information. And it also, again, puts the focus on the other person. So the fit piece, knowing who you're a good fit to help and knowing some of the questions that you'll ask to identify those people is the first part. The next part is building that expertise, because at the end of the day, if you're not an expert or you're not comfortable in believing in what you're selling or what you're doing, then it's not going to come through anyways. You know, you can't fake it till you make it. There's a, there's an element of just having to go out there and take action, whether you're ready or not. But at the end of the day, if you don't believe, if you don't know that you have a great service, if you can't help somebody in a powerful way, it, you're not going to be able to do this because that, that lack of belief will come through no matter what you say or do. Wow. Got it. So I love this idea of really figuring out who you are helping, kind of that avatar, if you will, of your ideal client and making sure that you're targeting the right places because we're going to bang our head against a wall if we're going after, you know, I love it, your dad trying to sell him hair growth and uh, he just doesn't care. He's happy being a bald guy. So, um, you know, tell me this. I mean, we live in an amazing time where entrepreneurship is just available to so many people. I mean, we've got bloggers, real estate investing is accessible. We've got network marketers. We've got people who have access to becoming entrepreneurs for the first time in a lot of different avenues. And I'm curious about your take on branding and building a personal brand. Does somebody need a brand? And if so, kind of what are the most important things for them to be thinking about? Yeah, it's a it's a big subject. Well, I'll try to I'll try to hit some key points. One is is I think everybody ha you have a brand already. So whether you've consciously tried to create something that's going to help you reach your goals or not, um, you know, that's if you're not getting the results you want in your life, in your business, in your career, there's something wrong with your personal brand. You gotta go back and kind of look at it and recreate it. So we already all have a brand. The big thing is a lot of people, when they think of branding, they think of probably corporate branding, like logos and websites and things like that. But really your brand is you and who you are and your values and how you're seen in the world and how you help people. So you have a brand and you want to think about that and make sure that you are creating one that fits to help you reach where you want to go. And it's not about, it's not about creating some fake persona. I know like, I see this a lot in real estate because I do work with a lot of investors and they they put up these corporate looking websites and they try to they try to be this person that they think they need to be to be a successful real estate investor. But at the end of the day, again, um, it comes through false because you're not a huge corporation. You're a one man shop with a with a team around you. And ultimately, the people who want to rent from you or invest with you 
If they wanted corporate, they'd go to a REIT or they'd go to some big corporation. At the end of the day, your ideal person wants to work with somebody who's going to give you personal service and is going to care about you. So the more you own who you are and how you help, the stronger your brand will be. And and the better you get at clearly communicating that, that's really, really key. Now, just to tie it back to what we've already been talking about, the reason I got really heavily into this was because of the fact that I'm uncomfortable selling. And the stronger your brand is and the more people know who you are, they call you. And so you don't have to cold call. You don't have to do all this awkward networking because people are calling you saying, hey, listen, I heard you do this. I heard you can help me with this. You know, can you? And what can you do for me? And now you're in such a comfortable position because people are coming to you and you're not having to push or sell out there. People are asking to work with you. Terrific. And I'm really glad you you circled back because that's what I actually wanted to do. So I want to go back to this idea where we're seeking out the ideal person for our products or services and the person we can really add value to. And then when we're in those networking situations, we're asking better questions. And then you just added this ingredient of, you know, being authentic and representing your value system. So now kind of put a bow on that. I'm in a networking situation and I want to ask intelligent questions and I want to also have those questions be in alignment with my brand. What could I do to formulate those questions? I mean, does that, does that make sense, Julie, what I'm asking? How do I, if I'm sitting there listening to this, I want, I, I, and I'm going to a network meeting this afternoon, how do I come up with some questions that represent me authentically and go beyond the small chat? Yeah, for sure. So I think, again, the big thing is thinking about who is that ideal person and and who you're looking for and to uncover the questions that will help you get there. So for real estate, again, as an example, because that's where a lot of my background is um, with with investing, I would probably be as we're chatting, depending on what the event is or who I'm meeting and what the context is, I might ask them what brought them to this event, what they're hoping to get from it, just to kind of give me a grounding sense. And then if the topic of real estate came up, I would then say, oh, have you ever done any real estate investing? Just a casual question. I, I never want somebody to feel like I'm interrogating them. I always want it to feel like a conversation. And so I would just kind of think of some casual questions that uh, are somewhat related to either the event we're at or what I want to talk about and just see where it goes. And you can't force it, it again, because this is this is about being you and being comfortable. Um, y- you can't force somebody to talk about something they don't want to talk about. So you have to listen. You really have to pay attention. It's not just about asking a question and then thinking about, what's your next question? Really listen to the answers and listen to what they're not saying too, uh, because that can give you a question that you may want to ask. You know, if they say something like, um, well, no, I've never invested in real estate, but, um, but my uncle did. Okay. Well, they haven't said anything about what their, you know, did their uncle like it? Was that good? You know, oh, did you have much exposure to your uncle's investments? Did they go well? And, you know, those kind of things, listen for where they're not filling in the gaps and just gently try to see it if you can get there. And, and so it's hard to necessarily say these are the questions you need to ask, but just be interested, be curious in other people and always kind of think in the back of your head, you know, what would be useful information to, to find out from this person? So one of the things that I get a lot is, and, and it, everybody deals with this, but the introverts and the people who don't naturally see themselves as salespeople seem to especially struggle with this. And that is, you've had this conversation with a person, it's clear that they are a fit, 
But making that transition is so scary to where I'm now transitioning to try to talk about what I do or set up an appointment or a follow-up meeting. So how do you make that transition in a way that takes the fear out of it? Yeah. So there's, there's kind of two pieces to that. One is the, I've, I've heard my a friend of mine call it, don't spill your candy in the lobby. So part of it is to not tell them too much. So there's still something left for the show. So, and this, there's a bit of an art to this. And, and I know the first time you do it, you know, somebody's asking you questions about what you do, or, you know, they're interested in the topic you're talking about. It's really hard to, to hold back and to not tell them everything like at that moment. But what happens is if you do give them all the details about what you do or quite a few details about what you do and how you help, now they have enough information that you don't have that easy segue point to kind of have the follow up to then turn it into an actual business situation. So what I would recommend is you give them a little bit of information about what you do and then just kind of say, you know what? there's somebody else I need to speak with at this event, or if it's a social, you know, just say, Hey, listen, you know, this is really a conversation for a, you know, a private meeting. Um, you know, let's take it offline. Can we meet for lunch next week? Can you come to my office? Can I meet you? Something like that. And it's a natural part of that conversation. You just kind of have to feel that at that point you have to cut it off. So that's kind of part one is to, you have to hold back a little bit so that they want to talk to you further at a different time. And then it's clearly a business situation. And at that point, it's a lot more comfortable to then have it be turned into a business transaction because it clearly was a business meeting. Uh, that's kind of the one, the one piece. The other piece that really fixed it for me was to, again, to build my brand. But for me, it was uh, doing a lot of videos, doing speaking, writing articles so that when I was attending these events, people already knew who I was and knew what I did. So they were approaching me again. They would, they would be saying, Hey, listen, I really want to talk to you about, you know, the courses that you're offering. I want to talk to you about investing with you because they have seen me speak. They, they knew who I was and that doesn't happen instantly. That takes a bit of time, but boy, when that happened, the introvert in me celebrated because I never had to feel awkward. Okay. Who am I going to try to talk to today at this event? Because people were always coming up to me and doing the work, the hard work for me. They, they came up to me with questions and wanted to talk. So it made things so much easier. I love it. So guys, what I'm hearing and, and Julie, correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm hearing is that we kind of need to have two things working simultaneously. Number one, we do need to be out there in the field, in the world, talking to prospects, talking to potential customers, starting to build our business. But simultaneously, we need to have this brand development strategy where we're creating a presence in the world so that when people see us, they already maybe have heard of us, or if they go to find us, there's something there to find. And so, Julie, I do want to ask about that. So kind of tying this back again to the branding idea, you've sat there in that meeting or that networking situation or whatever it is, and you, you developed some intrigue, you know, the first thing they're going to do is go home and look you up. So talk to me about, you know, what do you do to maximize when someone's Googling you or looking you up and, you know, just kind of walk me through the things we need to be thinking about as entrepreneurs to make sure that they don't go to look us up and that derails us right there before we've even met with them. Yeah, you bet. So I have this, I call it the brand magic formula and magic is the acronym. 
just to kind of simplify the elements to think about for your brand. So the M is for your message. And that's just about having a clear and concise message so that when people do come to your website, it's clear how you help and who you help. Uh, A is for appearance. And, and I'm never going to be the person who says, wear a, you have to wear a suit. It's about dressing in a way that you feel comfortable and confident. So for me, I'm comfortable in sweatpants, but I'm not confident in them. <laughs> right? I love sweatpants, but I'm not going to go to a networking meeting in sweatpants. It's just not when I feel my best self. So for me, appearance isn't about dressing in any one way. It's about dressing in a way that suits you and makes you feel the best in those situations. Um, and of course, it comes back to how your website looks and things like that, too. G is for Google results. And for this, uh, probably the best thing is for me to send you guys to a free test. And it has a, I call it the Google results game plan, because it'll give you a test to make sure that you're passing when somebody Googles you. Uh, and also it'll give you some steps to take if your Google results aren't as good as you'd like. So that is at havemoreinfluence.com. And then it's forward slash Google game plan. And I think Scott will give you guys the link in the show notes as well. Yeah, absolutely, guys. When you go to scottrossonline.com slash 104, uh, you'll see the show notes. We'll have links to Julie's books. We'll also have links to uh, this Google results game plan. I highly recommend that you guys take that test. I'm personally taking the test and uh, going to make sure I follow the results um, and, and and follow up on, on the action items based on the results. Before we get Julie to tell us the I and the C, which we're going to get to, I uh, want to just mention to you that we have an offer from audible.com that is an unbelievable offer. Uh, if you're a listener to this show, you can get a free book, any book you want to download for free and a 30 day free trial on audible.com. Now, if you're not familiar with audible.com, I will tell you that it is my favorite service. I use it every single day of my life. It is my secret weapon in terms of how do I read as much material as I read because I make my car, a university, everywhere I go, whenever I'm driving anywhere on the planet, I am listening to a book through Audible, and I can't encourage you enough to get a subscription to Audible. How do you take advantage of this offer? You go to go to audibletrial.com slash Scott Ross audibletrial.com slash Scott Ross. You're going to get a free book and a free 30-day subscription. And everything is instantly in your phone. It's available in an app. It syncs up via Bluetooth to your car. You can listen to it through your headphones, whatever. It's absolutely incredible. Go to audibletrial.com slash Scott Ross. Get your free book, your 30-day trial, and get on the road to being a better you. So, Julie, do you mind me uh, asking you to uh, give us the I and the C, or is that secret sauce? we got to come to your website to find out. Oh, no, I'll, I'll fill you in because I don't want to leave those uh, concrete sequential people hanging. They'll be going crazy. <laughs> so, so, yeah, but I just want to tie back to the Google for one more second because I think a lot of people um, aren't really realizing how critical Google is. Besides the fact that you're being Googled now, technology is coming where people are going to be able to take a picture of you or have the Google Glass. You know, you've seen those eye, those eyeglasses. And Google has is working on facial recognition software. Apple quietly announced that they bought facial recognition software earlier this year. It's not that far away where people won't even need to know your name and they're going to be able to Google search you. So it is just going to become more and more important that you're on top of what Google is saying about you. Because people will go to Google and if they can't find you, they, can't, they aren't referring you, you're not being found. Or if they don't like what they see, they're probably not going to hire you and work with you. So it's really, really important. 
Um, the I is for I am an expert in, and it's not about, I don't want people to get hung up if they're just starting or they're not necessarily an expert in their chosen area yet. What it is really is about focus. You, it's so much easier to become known as in a small niche and expand out than to try to become known as the person. So in my case, if I tried to become known for the influence expert in all of North America, well, <laughs> I have some serious competition. But if I was to focus on in Canada, I'm the branding expert, or if I am the influence for introverts expert, you know, I'm focusing in on a niche. And that doesn't mean I don't talk to people outside of that niche, but it just allows me to become known so much faster. And it also allows me to build my expertise so much faster. So it's just about focusing. Um, and then finally, the C is for character. And this comes back, this is kind of your values, but it's also those personal elements. It's those things that will allow people to connect with you because ultimately we want to do business with people. You've heard it probably thousands of times that know, like, and trust that you, that you know, like, and trust, and they're not going to do that if they don't feel like they know you at least on some personal level. There's a lot of elements that come into trust and one of them is just that that affinity. There's some sort of shared background, some sort of shared connection there. And uh, if you're not sharing anything about your personal life or letting people see who you really are, then that piece is really going to be missing. I love it. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm killing it in the East Texas redneck demographic. So I totally identify <laughs> with that, Julie. Um, so, uh, so it, it, that's, that's phenomenal. I mean, uh, thinking about where the technology is going to take us is such a big deal. And, uh, the fact that our brand is going to be, uh, available instantly just by somebody looking at us or taking a picture of us. I mean, this is things that we really need to get ahead of as entrepreneurs. And, um, I love that you're starting to talk about influence. And so I did want to kind of go in that direction for a second. You know, this is a leadership podcast and I'm a founding member of the John Maxwell leadership team. And so I espouse his definition, which is that leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And you have a ton of expertise in this area of building influence. Um, how do we go about building our level of influence in our, in our life and in our business? Well, there's, there's a lot of ways, but a couple, a couple of things that people can look at right now, um, simple things is looking at who you're hanging out with and who you're associating with. And this is online and offline. It's, it's a tremendously powerful thing. Uh, there's so much research that shows that you'll be directly influenced um, at your income level, your happiness level. Uh, even, even there's lots of research to show that who you're hanging around with impacts your fitness and your health. Um, it's kind of scary to realize that if you want to lose weight, uh, you really have to look to your friends' friends and see if they're losing weight or gaining weight. And the research around this is, is just phenomenal. There's a book called, uh, I think it's called Connected. And it, it covers, it goes into great detail on this. Um, it's, it's by a couple of guys, I think, uh, Christakis and Fowler, if I recall. Anyways, they, go, they did all this research about your friends' friends and the impact they have on your happiness, your health, and your income. But they're not the only ones doing research on this. So this is powerful. And this is something that we found, my husband and I found, when we quit our jobs to focus on real estate and me building my training and education company, 
we had to surround ourselves with new people. We had to find people who were doing what we wanted to do, who had succeeded. And by virtue of just being around them, you, your network changes, you have access to new people, but you also start thinking differently. And thinking differently is so important. When you're a leader, you have to think differently than everybody because you have to lead people to where they need to go. And you also, in order to have influence, you have to be a leader in a lot of ways. So it kind of, I see what the, the quote is great. Influence, uh, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. It really, they, they go interchangeably. So that's one thing that I highly recommend. And I shouldn't say it's simple to do, but it's more about just focusing on finding the people that are doing what you want to do, whether it's through mastermind groups or networking or taking courses, um, that will make a big difference. Got it. Now, something I've heard you say is uh, you refer to this idea of making our words meaningless. What, is, what does that mean to make our words meaningless? <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't encouraging people to make their words meaningless. <laughs> I was making people aware that there's little things that we do that cause us to uh, take the meaning out of our words. And it's, there's a lot of things, but one really clear example came to me in a workshop uh, where we, it was basically a, a sales type workshop where we had people working with each other. And a woman came up to me afterwards and she said, she said, I've just basically figured out why I've been passed over for a promotion three times. And uh, even though she, in this last case, she, in, in particular, she was the most experienced person for the job. And when she asked her boss why she hadn't got the promotion, all he had said was, well, people don't really believe that you know what you're talking about. And that was all the input she got. So she really didn't know because she does have the experience and the expertise to have that, that promotion. And what she found out in the workshop was that when she was talking, she was saying, uh, instead of saying the supplier we should go with is Joe Sawyer, she was saying the supplier we should go with is Joe Sawyer. And at the end of every sentence, if you guys didn't hear that, her voice was raising and it makes a, a statement sound like a question, which makes people feel like she was asking them instead of telling them. Small thing, huge difference. And so it's little things like your voice tone or if you talk too slow, if you talk too slow, people will translate that to a lack of intelligence. Doesn't mean you're not smart. It just gets translated in people's brains that way. Same with body language. If you if you're slouched over or you walk in a room like, you know, your dog died and your best friend just told you they hate you, that gets translated. So it doesn't matter what you say. If your body language doesn't match those words, people aren't going to believe you and so your words aren't going to mean anything. So you can say the right thing, but if it's not delivered in a package that's surrounded by belief, it's not going to translate. And there's some little things that you may not even know you're doing, like that woman at the workshop that could be impacting you. Amazing. I mean, guys, uh, we've talked about this many times. I mean, communication is such a critical part of leadership. And if we're going to influence people, we've got to be people who it, don't just get the words right, but it's the way that we say it. It's, you know, 80% or at least of communication is nonverbal. It's the way that we carry ourselves. It's the look in our eye, the tone of our voice. Um, I absolutely love it. So you have, um, you know, gone the traditional educational route, you got your MBA. And, you know, right now there's a big debate going on of, is it even worth it to go to school anymore? And for somebody who is listening to this podcast, they probably don't know you. Uh, I know that you are starting to dissuade people from the, the traditional degree route. Can you just talk about your take on that and why you might dissuade somebody from doing that? Yeah, I mean, it depends on your goals, because there's certain situations, like, obviously, if you want to be a doctor, please go to school. <laughs> 
<laughs> but <laughs> entrepreneurial roots, uh, I think in a lot of cases, think about what your ideal day is and what you want to do, and then go out and look at who's doing it and see if you can learn from them. Because I think in a lot of cases, and I know in my case, I, I don't regret my education, but in a lot of ways, it was money and time spent that I didn't get back because it got me somewhere I didn't want to go. In my case, I did my MBA because I saw it as the shortcut to a six-figure salary. And you know, I got to the six-figure salary, but when I got there, I realized that I never actually wanted to be there. I didn't want to be working for somebody else building their company. I really wanted to be creating my own day and helping people in my own way. And so, you know, for me, education led me somewhere I never wanted to be. So if you start by thinking about what's my ideal day, how do I want to be working and adding value and being productive? And is there another way for me to get there? And if it's entrepreneurial, there's probably another way to get there because studying marketing in the university sense, most schools don't teach the marketing that you really need to know to bootstrap your way to starting a company and to getting it off the ground and to making six figures and then seven figures. You kind of you need to understand some direct marketing and online marketing and that kind of stuff. And so it's really about thinking about where you want to go and how can you get there. And traditional education these days, in a lot of cases, it's not going to be necessarily the best way to get there. Right. So guys, the takeaway for me is save the 40 grand and just go get the Google results game plan. That's going to be in the show notes at scottrossonline.com slash 104. That's going to be a much more expeditious manner for you to get the insights that you really need from somebody who's actually getting the results that you want. Okay, Julie, I'm going to put you on the spot here real quick as we wrap this up and uh, give you uh, one last question that I, I try to ask people. And that is, what are the three steps that our listeners should take today to get their business or their lives to the next level? Ooh, ah, that's a good one. Well, first is to think about your ideal day and your ideal person that you want to be helping, that you want to be working with and, and kind of reverse engineer everything from that uh, so that you're creating a, a life that you love and a business that you're excited about. Uh, that would be number one. Number two would probably be... To, to figure out what your next step is. So you've got your big vision with that. Then don't get overwhelmed worrying about all the things that you're going to have to do. Think about your next most important step. And in some cases, that might be finding a mentor, um, you know, doing some research, or maybe it's, you know, putting an ad out there, whatever it is, kind of focus on that next step. And then, I don't know, number three, the, number three is I'm going to take it back to my quote that I always say, and the missing piece is always action. At the end of the day, you have to get out there. You have to be taking action every single day and you're going to make mistakes, but those are going to be your best learnings. So you want to be taking action and making mistakes and then getting things right and revisiting things uh, as you go. So those would be the three steps. Phenomenal. Uh, you have absolutely blessed us, Julie. The, this has just been packed with gold. Uh, I really, really appreciate you carving out the time. Any final thoughts you have for our listeners before we wrap this up? I think ultimately a lot of a lot of leadership and influence comes back to your belief. So just do whatever it is you need to do to really believe that you have a great service, that you are the person to help people. And I think that will change a lot of pieces for you. The more you believe that you are the person uh, to do the job, then then the more that's going to come through in everything you do. 
Awesome. Guys, we're going to have links to uh, ways to connect with Julie through the show notes. We'll have a link to that Google results game plan. I'll also link to the book she mentioned, Connected, as well as her books, of course, which I can't recommend enough. Uh, If you are any kind of entrepreneur, uh, she can absolutely benefit you in a major way, shorten your learning curve, compress timeframes, and help you get to the results you want. But especially if you are afraid to sell, if you feel like it's just not in you to be an entrepreneur, Julie has has already walked that path and can lead you to a results-oriented life. So, um, Julie, thank you guys. Thank you so much for being on the Scott Ross Leadership Podcast, and uh, I can't wait to connect with you again sometime in the future. Thank you. It was a pleasure. So what did I tell you guys? Amazing guest, so much value, nugget after nugget after nugget. Go to scottrossonline.com slash 104 to get to the show notes. We'll have a link to all the books. We'll have a link to uh, the Google results game plan. We'll have a link to Julie herself so you can follow up with her, find her on social media, benefit from her videos and her trainings. And uh, guys, I'm just so excited about being able to bring this kind of value to you on a weekly basis. Please review this podcast and rate it on iTunes or in Stitcher or whatever your favorite platform is. If you want to be of a a big value to me, I just can't thank you enough for taking the extra time to do that. And uh, we'll be back again with more valuable insights and information. Until next time, keep raising your leadership lid. God bless you guys. Bye-bye. We hope you have enjoyed this audio program. For more resources to further your development as a world-class leader and for success strategies and tactics in all areas of your life, please visit scottrossonline.com. And be sure to connect with Scott on Facebook and Twitter using the ID at scottrossonline.